0: Welcome into the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall, joined by Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey, Edgefield. Glad to have you here, Senator. We're talking everything Senate session in 2023. It was a busy one. Um, As of today's recording, on Wednesday, July 14th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, you guys did just adjourn sort of sine (laughs) die-ish. I you sure guys are here so. all the time, so it doesn't really matter, I, sure I guess. I
1: hope so. Well, the last few years we've been here a lot. Uh, we've been here a lot during the summer and in the fall. Um, hopefully hopefully we're done for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. That's good for those of us who are <laughs> serving, but it's also good for everybody else. The less we're up here, the safer you are. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, true. I'm, I'm, hoping, that, uh, I'm hoping that we're done.
0: I hope we don't have to see these guys much until <laughs> January, but we're happy to have you back when it's colder and not when you're having to walk downtown in 90-degree humid heat. The big issue and the reason we wanted to bring you in, and Mitch isn't here. My apologies for his absence. We'll deal with him later. Um, The reason we wanted to have you in is the most recent debate. On You want to talk some more about abortion? (laughs) Um, If if Senator Massey doesn't hear the word pregnant at any point here in the next couple of weeks, he'll be a happy man. Let's really quickly, because you've taken the floor and you've taken to the well several times in the Senate, to talk about the whichever bill is up, so it heartbeat, and then the Human Life Protection Act back in that special session right. last year that didn't get across the finish line in the Senate, and then again for the heartbeat bill in February, which passed, and then again for Human Life Protection That's Act right. in May, and then again for the fetal heartbeat when it came back from the House.
1: That's right.
0: Um, you've taken a lot of slings, a lot of arrows, a lot of jabs when you stand up there. What's it been like to talk about this issue and debate this issue, knowing where the public stands, but having to get it through your body in the Senate?
1: Yeah, I, I keep drawing the short straw. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, um, that's part of the job. But mm-hmm. um, but, but look, I, it, we have talked about it a good bit, but it's a very important issue. Sure. And, and it's one that, like, you're right, I've taken a lot of arrows, frankly, from both sides mm-hmm. um, on the issue. But it's a very important issue. I think it's very important to a lot of South Carolinians. And I understand there are people who agree with me on the issue. There are people who disagree with me on the issue. And I understand that. That, that agreement or disagreement is often very passionate. And that's fine, too. Sure. Um, sometimes I think it crosses the line. Um, but I also recognize the position that I'm in. and um, but, but I was willing not just to take up the issue, not just to vote on the issue. I was willing to be the guy to explain and to answer questions because I believe in, in the issue and I believe that it is important that South Carolina take a stand to protect life as much as we possibly can. Um, so I spent a lot of time working on the legislation from last year into this year trying to get it right um, from a perspective of being, being right with the court because that's mm-hmm. an issue. Sure, um, doesn't do any good if you pass something if it's not going to hold up. And then, secondly, part of my job is being able to count, being able to count votes, and having conversations with individual senators about where those senators are on the issue and what we can get them to support and what we can't get them to support. Um, because ultimately, we need to pass something. Sure, and it needs to be it needs to be something that will be effective. Mm-hmm. My goal throughout the whole process was to save as many lives as possible. Um, I, I'm not interested in being Don Quixote or being a martyr. I want to save as many lives as we can save. Um, and, and I think that's where we ended up in the end. And mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that not only did we pass a strong piece of legislation, but it's I'm also hopeful that it's one that the courts are going to uphold.
0: Sure. And they'll be hearing those oral arguments on June 27th. Over at the state supreme court, you know, I had folks. I I spoke to a group in technically Darlington, but uh, it was Hartsville. It was in the great city of Hartsville, talking about this bill yeah. and now where it goes in the court. And I had to take them back to a moment at the end of that special session just last year with the Human Life Protection Act, where I told them I'm sitting in the gallery of the Senate. I rarely walk over to the state house. I usually watch it from here. Um, and so I'm, I'm I'm sitting in I'm sitting up. Upstairs, and you said, and I remember this you said, I just don't have the votes. I want, this is something I want to do, but I don't have the votes. And it was a very sobering moment of, I don't have the votes. Let's go to, from there, we move to this most recent debate where it dealt with concurring or non concurring with the House amendments. And for a lot of that debate that day, which again, Mitch and I do apologize, we said it would be a quick thing. Sorry. It was the Senate. We forgot. And <laughs> <In> the so, <laughs> Senate things are rarely quick. <laughs> They're never yeah. quick. It was a very vociferous debate. It was high intensity and there were, there was a lot of tension. And then the 46th Senator got up and spoke. Am, am I wrong to say that the tone and the tenor of that chamber changed when he got done? It no, felt I, like it did.
1: No, I think you're right about that. I mean, um, first of all, Senator Rickenbaugh doesn't speak on the floor a whole lot. Um, he's much more vocal behind the scenes. But there are issues when he will speak, and he's, he's very judicious in what he says. So that fact makes you listen more when he talks. The other part about it is is that he has a very compelling personal story to tell. And when you listen to that story and, and you listen to his reasoning on his position, him mm-hmm. Him explain his position because of his personal story, it's one of those things where people stop talking. Sure. And if you're milling about, you stop and you listen to what he has to say. Um, he has a very compelling personal story, but he's also, you can tell by watching him, by listening to him, he's very sincere. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not playing games with you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's not trying to mess you up. Sure. He's just telling you what he believes and why he believes it. Mm-hmm. And it was a very compelling story that I think you're right. Everything just stopped and you listened to what the guy has to say.
0: And then after that, as I've told people multiple times, there were still questions for him, but the questions I mean there were a couple of senators that actually stood up and like apologized to him in the middle of their question. That was an interesting moment. Uh, but the tone and tenor changed and then you guys passed legislation. You mentioned counting votes. It can you can you give folks I don't want behind the scenes. They don't we don't need behind the scenes, but When you're the majority leader and you're dealing with an issue like this or name another one, and you're having to count those votes, what are those moments like? You're going into that on, uh, I believe that was a Wednesday, maybe, and the night before, and you're trying to figure out, all right, I've got this many votes. I can lose two. I can lose three. I need to pick up two. I need to pick up three. What's that like in that process, and how often are you on the phone?
1: Yeah, I mean, all the time. (laughs) Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm not – I'm not one just to come up here and have a show, Mm -hmm. right? I got other things I can be doing and I'm not interested in wasting taxpayers dollars on something just to have a show. Um, if we're going to take it up, I want us to be able to pass it. And, and, you know, and sometimes I get a little bit of pushback from my team from other Republican senators about like, I need to know how I'm going to get out of the box before I jump into the box. Um, I want to know what the game plan is. And a lot of that is being able to count votes. And, you know, it's not a matter of just, well, anybody ought to be able to do that. Like, you have to know, is what you're telling me actually how you're going to vote, right? you got to know how to read people. Right. Um, But that's an important part of the job, especially when you're taking up a controversial issue, especially something like this, where Mm -hmm. I know going in, I have to have 26 votes in order to pass this. Right. I start off with 30. I'm really starting off with 28. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. So I can lose two. Um, at what point do I lose two or do I lose three? It's an even bigger problem. And, and, and what can I do in order to try to keep 28 together or more than that? When we voted on heartbeat um, two years ago, ultimately we had 30 votes to pass that bill. This is the one that the court struck down. Sure. We had 30 votes. There were 29 Republicans who voted for that and one Democrat. When we voted on heartbeat earlier this year, we had 29 votes for it. Sure did. 29 of the 30 Republicans voted for it. Now the house made some changes. I didn't think those changes were significant, but you got to talk to everybody. And you got to figure out does this affect you? Does this affect your vote? Does this affect your what you think that the law ought to be? And sometimes that's more than a 30-second conversation of hey, you going to vote for this or not? <laughs> Right, you got to talk through some of those. That's things. a house thing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, and I'm, not, and that's a, that's an important point too. Yeah. And and I, I say this not to be critical of the house, but the Senate is different. It's just, it's different. a different environment. Yeah. I'm not the speaker. I don't, um, I don't have the ability to say, look, you're going to vote this way, that type of thing. Um, and that's frankly, that's not my personality anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but that requires more time, and it requires me talking. In this situation, there were probably four people, four senators that I spent a lot of time talking with to figure out where they were and what we needed to do in order to hold votes or what we needed to do in order to get votes. And if this happened, am I going to lose votes? And am I going to lose too many votes? Um, That's a big part of my job. And on an issue like this that I think is very important, that I'm invested in, that I think we need to pass, um, it's even more important sure part of my job so yeah man there was a lot of time <laughs> on the telephone there were a lot of personal one-on-one conversations um i mean that's the way this issue has been for the last two or three years frankly yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of one-on-one conversations to get to where we were
0: the detractors from the position uh, those opposite of the position that we at palmetto family hold not afraid to you know unashamedly pro life and they're opposite of that position on this they would say we've debated this too much and we're spending way too much time on this when there's other things that we can tackle uh that might be true but and i think it's important enough that we need to continue to debate it this bill is now passed fetal heartbeat protection from abortion act now passed uh standing in the room when governor mcmaster signed the thing we immediately knew it was going to be challenged in the court i mean everyone knew from this process that was going to happen um Walk through folks through just quickly, if you can, why this legislation will you believe will pass that muster as opposed to the one previous? If you could, without pulling too much back.
1: Yeah, well, I thought the previous one was good too. I did too, um, and um, and and I was disappointed when <laughs> it was when it was struck down. But um, yeah, look, we we all knew that this was going to get challenged. We knew that it was going to get challenged that same day. Um, so when it was challenged and a circuit court judge um, imposed an injunction, Mm -hmm. that didn't surprise anybody. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would have been surprised if he had not done that because I think based on the Supreme Court opinion from a few months ago, the circuit court judge needed to do This is an issue that's going to have to be resolved by the Supreme Court. Sure. We all understood that. Um, But how is this bill different? So we took a lot of time to – read and try to digest the Supreme Court opinions. And that was tough, as you know, because we have five Supreme Court justices. All five of them wrote opinions, and they were all very different. So trying to figure out what the law is on this and what we could do in order to address it, to make it make it acceptable, that was difficult in this one because um, they were all over the board. The justices were all over the board. Even the three in the majority who voted ultimately to strike down the first fetal heartbeat bill, they were they had different reasoning.
0: All three, all three were yeah. literally different.
1: They were all very different. So what we did is we tried to read those, and we tried to find some consistent points to see where we could address some things, and we made some changes. I mean, the, the guts of the bill is essentially the same, mm-hmm. but there were some things that the justices focused on That caused them real problems. They thought that those specific issues created a constitutional problem. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. Sure. I don't think this has anything to do with the privacy clause that is in the South Carolina Constitution because, and I've said this on the floor, you've heard me say this before, you know, that privacy clause was adopted in the early 1970s. And there's no way in the world that you will convince me that all those people in the legislature and all those people in the public voted to adopt this privacy provision with the understanding that it would someday at some point, 50 years later apply to abortion. Sure. Uh, Considering
0: abortion laws were pretty strict here in South Carolina. It was outright prohibited at that point. well, decently strict. Uh, That's from your perspective.
1: (laughs) Um, But so, so we, we looked at some of those issues that some of the justices raised. We made some of those changes at the same same time of keeping what we thought was the important thing, and that is once a fetal heartbeat is detected by an ultrasound, that life has to be protected. Um, I think we we pulled that off. Now, we'll yeah. find out. But I do like that the court has agreed to take this up on an expedited basis. Yeah. Um, and we'll see ultimately where we
0: are. And that, and that case, uh, that decision on this is going to be very, 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 very important, um, and that will... I think that will certainly, given the now makeup of the court, and you have some members shuffled or some justices shuffled in and out, and that's going to set the bar for quite some time. Let really quickly, Senator, while we have you, we've talked about the uh, abortion issue, and well, we might come back to that, but if you would like, we can take a break from it. Um, <laughs> you guys have tackled a lot of different issues inside the Senate, but for a lot of folks that we talk to and we hear from, the the consistent thing that we hear is, well, they, everything just moves too slow. My argument is if government moves slow, that's a good thing. I don't want my government moving fast. That that could go wrong very quickly. When when you guys are bringing things up in the Senate, we've talked about this before, there's something called special order. Yeah. And a lot of folks have some confusion on that, that and cloture. So walk us through special order. How does something get set for special order, if you could yeah. explain that?
1: So, you know, what, what happens is legislation moves its way through the committee process, and then it comes out of committee. And at that point, once it comes to the floor, the, the Senate has always had kind of a contested calendar and an uncontested calendar. And, and those things that are uncontested, which is most of what we do, right, you're going to get, you may not get a unanimous vote, but it's going to be pretty close. And if there's an objection to it, it's not a, a significant objection I'm willing just to let to vote no and let it, go, let it go on, right? But there are some things that people have real problems with, and those things are things that fall on the contested calendar. And once something gets on the contested calendar, there are only a few ways that you can bring it up. The most common way is special order. Um, and that usually requires a two-thirds vote of the body. So I've got a senator, maybe multiple senators, who has a real problem with this bill. The only way to overcome that real problem is for two-thirds of the Senate or in some special circ- situations, um, a majority of the Senate could overcome that objection, bring it up for debate. You still may get into a filibuster situation. Mm-hmm. Special order just means the Senate is making this issue a priority. So it's it's got a, a higher threshold of a vote mm-hmm. that we're going to make this a priority and we're going to take it up. Um that's what happens with this bill, but that's what happens with a number of bills.
0: Yeah, we saw that with medical marijuana, I believe.
1: Medical marijuana got special order. There are a number of other votes. I mean, yeah. school choice issues mm-hmm. that came up this year. Yep. Um, we dealt with some pretty important health care-related issues that required a special order vote. Um, th- these are priority slots that the Senate as a whole can make to take up what are usually, not always, but usually controversial issues. Sure. And And what we've tried to do... Is And, and I, I hear the criticism that we spend too much time on abortion, even though I, I agree with you. I think it's an important issue. It's worthy of conversation. Sure. That we spend it too much time on other social issues. We we moved, especially over the last few years, man, we've moved a lot of big issues. Um, we just talked about health care and school choice. Those are big issues. Yeah. We, but but there have been other things as well. But we we're able to move some of those things. Now, we're limited in how many of those you can take up because we have 18 weeks. Part of the time you're spending on the budget. Part of the time there are other issues that come up. But um, but we're able to get done mm-hmm. things that the vast majority of people in the Senate want to get done.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would tell you that even though we had some conversation about life this year, people, most people want to call it abortion, but, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a life, life issue. Again. Um even though we had conversations about that, and probably more so than many folks, many of us, would have wanted <laughs> us to have, we were able to get the other important things done, and I think that's important.
0: Yeah, and and to your point, not only was there a life bill that was passed, but you're talking about significant health care issues, you're talking yeah. about school choice. I mean, folks, if you just connect with us, shameless plug, by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app, you can jump right into the legislature app as well, and you can track these bills, and you'd be surprised the number of things that are sitting in committee right now after we're done with year one of a two-year session that could find their way to the floor next year. I'm telling you, there are a lot of significant, very important issues that are going to find their way into that Senate chamber for debate Uh a little bit less than a year from now, hopefully. Hopefully you guys aren't there until late in June next year. Yeah. Um, that's the goal. When you're when you're taken to the floor, and we'll try to wrap this up here because I know folks, have, you're probably already done folding your clothes and now you're just hanging on by a thread. So I'll try to get through with this as quickly as I can.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm a senator. man. I, t- <laughs> yeah. I tend to talk a little bit. S- senators,
0: senators talk a lot and they operate on Senate time. That's a thing that you guys always <laughs> sure. need to remember when, yeah, just just know that. Um, the school bell ringing means nothing. Um when you go to the floor and when you head to Columbia, first of all, you're heading to Columbia to, to get to the state house and debate some different things. What role does your faith, your family, is that ever on your mind when you're, I mean, when you're taking to the well to talk about the life issue and you're taking questions, is that ever, you might have the front of your mind be thinking about answering those questions, but in the back of your mind, how, how close is that uh, in, in your thinking?
1: I, well, I think it's it's a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. so it's 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 always there. And, and and I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that I am mindful of is sometimes these debates can get pretty contentious. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess I'm like anybody else. There's some of these things that you really feel passionately about, and your 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 tone can increase, the level of your voice can increase, the rhetoric can get a little more heated. One of the things that i'm I'm always mindful of is, I don't want anything I say or anything that I do have the effect of turning someone away from Christ. Right. And, and that is tough. Sometimes being in in this position and being in a position where you're often talking about difficult issues and you get into some very heated debates. What I don't want to do is push somebody away. Um, and, 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 and I'll tell you candidly, I get concerned about that sometimes that I don't want to push somebody away I want to have the opposite effect I want to bring people toward toward the church towards Christ I want them to see that I'm different and that believers are different and I will tell you very honestly I fail on that lots of times Um, and that's conversations that the good Lord and I have as I'm driving home and driving (laughs) back back to Columbia very often Um, but, but that is something that I'm I'm mindful of and I try to do a better job Today than I did yesterday. Sure. Every time, and I don't know how successful I am at that uh, because sometimes I lose my temper. Um, it, but so you know, I mean that that is tough. But but that's part of who I am. Um, I've been very blessed and very fortunate to have had parents who who would drag me to church when I was younger, even if I didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, I'm very thankful that they did. Yeah. I'm I'm blessed to have have, have a wife who is very engaged in, in the church process, who, who, who works with children and everything else that she needs to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm blessed with children who, who want to go to church. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of, of my life. It's a big part of, of just who I am and how I operate. Sometimes I fall short, but that's always my goal. Right. And, um, and I hope that comes across and I'm, I'm very distressed when it doesn't come
0: across. Yeah, that way. And for what it's worth, we've sent out several messages during this debate asking folks to, to get in touch with this senator's office to thank him for the work that he's done on the pro-life issue. And um, I, I think all of those were well wishes, and I assume all of them were yeah. good messages, and I assume they were all very encouraging.
1: I had a lot of positive, encouraging messages. Um, and I'm very appreciative of that. I mean, th- those things... Like, I think it's important that people understand that sometimes a kind email or a text or a phone phone call really does matter. Mm. Um, and so I, I very much appreciate those, especially because, like, the Planned Parenthood messages and emails, th- those were not always very nice. Really? Yeah. I know they're, that's but, they're surprising. So, but they're
0: so kind and considerate Aren't they? and accepting Aren't they, and tolerant.
1: But, but, but I think this is something that I've talked about this from, from the, and I don't want to dominate the time. And You're I good. apologize You're for good. talking too much. But I think on this issue as well, all of us especially those of us in the pro life movement need to make sure that the comments that we make the rhetoric that we have the tone especially that we use with unbelievers or with people who may be iffy on the issue that we that we have a Christ like manner in trying to make that case because it is very easy and I've been the recipient of a lot of the messages it is very easy to take a different tone because we do believe it so much, a lot of people have invested so much time and energy in it, and we are so passionate about it that we can let that passion take hold of us to the to the point of you could really push some people away okay. and I think we have to be careful about that um, because there is a great message I mean the the, the gospel of Christ is a very uplifting yeah. and encouraging message if we spread that and we don't spread something else
0: yeah um, and that really comes I mean politics has devolved into a Sure. Two different it, 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 it's like the Carolina Clemson rivalry, but just escalated, like you oh, got yeah. your face painted and then but now you're going to war with one another and, and, and that can create problems and we don't separate reality from politics and
1: we have to win people in the public. We have yeah. to win over our fellow South Carolinians. Whether this whether the court upholds this law or not, and I surely hope they do, but regardless of what they do we have to persuade South Carolinians that this is the right policy. Right. Because ultimately, even if it is something that the court upholds, if the overwhelming majority of South Carolinians don't like it, this isn't going to, it's not going to stand. Right. right? Um, now, I do think the South Carolinians support this, um, and, and I think that'll that'll come into fruition. But winning over the public is important. It can't just be that I've got more people today than what you have, and that I'm just going to impose my will on Right. You. I don't think that's the the, the appropriate Christ-like behavior but also don't think that works in your favor over the long term.
0: Sure, it never does what, whatever you do now, understand that one day the people who disagree with you might be in your position and you don't want them doing what you It just be winsome and be grace-filled and you, you guys know you guys do that stuff all the time that's why you send him nice encouraging messages yeah. we encourage you to continue doing that uh, as, as we wrap up, and we, we really appreciate Senator Massey joining us today to talk through mainly this Subject is why we brought you on because when you're sitting like we do and you're watching um, Senate, Senate debates and House debates at the same time, that's interesting. If you ever want to have some fun, have Merle Smith on one side and Thomas Alexander on the other and see how that really plays out. It's it's, it's interesting. Um, there are so many important issues that you guys deal with every day, and now that you're kind of going into the offseason, because in politics there is an offseason. In college football there's no off season. Uh, you you go into the fall and you'll be back in the spring. What can folks do that are watching this, whether they're in Edgefield or whether they're in Ellery or whether they're in Spartanburg or or wherever, how can they get involved and how can they help you guys in the Senate understand the issues that are important to them?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I I guess my suggestion would be establish a relationship with your legislator, um, your senator, your House member. Establish a relationship, and not just when you're upset about something, um, not just when you want something, but establish a relationship such yeah. that um, that you and the and the legislator are on friendly terms, and you're you're comfortable talking with with your legislator. Your mm-hmm. legislator's comfortable talking talking with you about mm-hmm. different things. I mean, I think establishing a relationship is is important, and then I'm much more. Likely to be receptive to the conversation if you're not yelling at me, and frankly, if we have a relationship already, you're less likely to be yelling at me, even if we disagree. Right, right. And 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 I will tell you that is look whether you're at work or you're at church or you're in a political environment, um, those conversations are much more productive when you have that type of relationship. So I are. guess that would be my primary piece of advice, and I think you would find that most legislators, regardless of partisan affiliation, most of them will appreciate the communication and they would appreciate the relationship. Even if it's somebody that you disagree with, um, that they would appreciate having that feedback. Because, man, I'm going to tell you what, we get bombarded with, depending on the issue, I could get lit up with hundreds of emails. But they're form emails. It's cut and paste stuff that I don't really know how you feel. Um, and and you don't really know my position just because some special interest group told you this is where I am. So I, I encourage people to try to get to know the people that represent you, and um, most people up here are really decent, even though I may disagree with them. Whether it's on the life issue, I may have some very passionate disagreements with them, but I think most people up here are decent people. They are they are well-intentioned people. They are here for the right reasons, Um doesn't mean you have to vote for them, but um, hopefully you'll vote for me. But uh, but you know, I mean, establish relationships, and I think that's a good
0: thing. And and really, the relationships are where you you form those, and it's a, it, like you said, you open up those lines of communication, and it's much easier to chat with somebody when you have yeah. a relationship that's that's well mannered and, and good natured.
1: Well, you know, and, and I I've, I've said this a number of times too. I mean, I think I think having those relationships, having positive relationships where you people trust you is much more effective than yelling. It's, you know, the the, the the positive aspects of the gospel are much more effective than fire and brimstone. Um, and um, and I think all case. of us recognize that, and you're going to win a lot more souls that way than mm-hmm. with than with yelling at them. And so I would encourage people to have that type of relationship with legislators. I, I get it. We can make you mad, right? I mean, we, I, we make each other mad. And um, it can be very frustrating at times. The, pro- the process can be frustrating. The pace can be frustrating. Um, but, you know, talk with your legislator and understand what's going on. Ask questions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people would be happy to talk. And, and you're going to have a much better feeling about your government if you have those types of relationships.
0: If you want to learn more about how you can form those relationships with your legislators, that's a segue. You can visit palmettofamily.org and be a part of our email newsletter. We don't send out the form letters for you to send in. We just request that you contact your legislators and tell them what you think on a certain issue. And so you need to get involved with that. You need to sign up for that. You need to download the Palmetto Family Council app. That's the best way to stay up to date. Might not be as much stuff coming from the statehouse right now. There are plenty of other big news items that we're going to keep you up to date with here as we are in the High Holy Month of Pride. We're trying to keep you updated on everything going on there. And then, of course, make sure to like, subscribe, give us that five-star rating and review on the podcast side of this, on Spotify, on um, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get them. There's more than that, I think. And then always follow us on social media. You can like and share this video as well on Facebook. I'm pointing down because that's where the... Little link thing is share this with your friends and family. Let them know what's going on in the state, and they can hear from the Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey and Senator Massey. Appreciate you hopping on with us on Absolutely. a Wednesday afternoon.
1: I, I appreciate it. Uh, hope that I can come back sometime. But um, but let me say this before before we wrap up. Um, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate the ministry of Palmetto family. Um, I appreciate the listeners who are listening. This is important, right? And and, and part of that is is legislative. Part of that is policy. But the other part of it is just the ministry and spreading the message, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's extremely important. And so I appreciate you doing this to keep people updated, um, but also having the right message to yeah. spread. And and I appreciate the folks who spend part of their time listening and tuning in, and then hopefully reaching some other people based on what on what you see in in this podcast, uh, because. You know, we can't, we can't change the world all by ourselves, but all of us working together can certainly have an impact.
0: Yeah, we, it, one step at a time, but if you want to charge hell with a water pistol, you won't find me complaining. <laughs> That's all the time we have. Next time we're on here, next time we're on the show, we're, we're going to have Mitch Prosser. He'll be back. He'll be to my left, not politically, but just sitting to my left. And then make sure to check us out on Saturday morning. We're going to have Anton Kresik from 7 Weeks Coffee. He'll be on to talk about how... Coffee makers are now, and and he's one of them, Seven Weeks Coffee is selling coffee and giving 10% of all of their sales to pro-life pregnancy centers across the country, making a difference in the pro-life community on the business side. We'll be talking about that next time for our entire team at Palmetto Family and for Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey. I'm Justin Hall. That's all the time we have on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.